This is Alive with Joseph. I want to touch on a subject I've titled Sobering Wisdom. Sobering Wisdom. I want us to just be sober today. I really am trusting God that I don't preach this, that we talk about this. Because when you get this, your life changes. So I'm going to be asking a few questions as we as we talk and I want you to really think about it don't just listen but think about it and and see where you can make adjustments as we talk amen understand that it's very important that we all identify what our purpose is what it is that we possess rather that others need the reality is everyone has something that the world can use and that thing can be a blessing to you. Actually, it should be a blessing to you. Listen, everyone has a problem. Every person under the face of the earth has a problem. Um, different problems at different times. For example, every person that wakes up every morning has a problem. They feel like their breath is stinking. They need a toothbrush. They need a toothpaste. They need to get bathed. And the person that positions themselves to meet that need by bringing a toothpaste and creating a toothbrush, they become blessed because they've chosen to solve that problem. The question I want to ask you is who are you helping or who are you willing to help? The person you helped yesterday might not necessarily be the person that you need to help today. We see that things have evolved and things keep evolving and things have changed and keep things keep changing. You know, COVID has shown us that change is inevitable. Change is always going to come. And sometimes you might be listening to me and you're feeling frustrated because things are changing fast. Maybe you might have lost your job or maybe the income is not coming as it used to be in the business that you're doing. Or in whatever work you're doing But I want you to ask yourself Who else can you help? Are you willing to help someone else? Is there a new need that has risen in the lives of people That you can step up and meet that need? Understand this Your success and your happiness in life Depends on your willingness to help someone solve their problem Successful people are simply problem solvers. Are you a problem creator or are you a problem solver? Every problem solver will always be successful. Listen, the entire world was burdened with guilt and sin. And Jesus came to meet that need. He solved it by offering forgiveness. <laughs> the world was spiritually starved and Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He was meeting a need. He knew what he, he carried. He knew who he was. He said, I am the bread of life. You know, many had their bodies riddled with sickness and disease. And Jesus, the Bible says, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. He looked for the bound and he set them free. So he knew what he had and he knew what the people needed. Jesus knew what he had which others needed. Do you know what you have which others need? 
Have you ever sat down and just think about it? What is it that I have that others need? Whose problem am I willing to solve? Jesus' product was boldly declared. Many times some of us even have our products. We know what we have that others need. But it's not boldly declared. No one knows what we are offering. Jesus made it clear that look, if you want external life, I'm your man. If you want joy, I'm your person. If you want inner peace, if you want forgiveness, if you want health and healing, if you want financial freedom, I am the one that you're looking for. When people think about you, what is the first thing that comes to mind? What, what can they, what are you boldly declaring that you're offering? I want you to take an inventory of yourself. It's very, very important. Now and again, pause and think about it. What would you do if you knew that what you want to do is possible? That your biggest dream is possible. That your most impossible looking or your most impossible appearing dream can be possible. What should you do differently? Listen, you are not an accident. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 tells us that. Understand this. Everything God makes is a, is a solution to a problem. Everything. Everything. A person was created to solve a pro- problem. And every person was created to solve a problem. God had a problem. He had so much love to give. But he had no one to give it to. God was looking for a relationship. But there was no one to relate with. So he created Adam so that he could meet, Adam could meet God's problem. Then Adam was lonely and God created Eve to solve that loneliness problem. My question stands again. Whose problem are you solving? As I've said, there is nothing that God has created. There's not even a single person that God has created who was not created to meet a need. Think of your contribution to, you know, people's assignments. A lawyer is assigned to his client. A wife is assigned to her husband. Parents are assigned to their children. A secretary is assigned to your boss. To a boss. My question is, who are you assigned to? Your assignment will always be either to a person or to people. Moses was assigned to Israel. He was assigned to a group, a bigger group of people. But Aaron was specifically assigned to Moses. And the Bible says, for as long as the hands of Moses were up, with Aaron helping to lift him, the people won. I see people missing this sometimes. I see people that God has ordained to lift the hands of others, Thinking, okay, I'm the one that, I'm the Moses, taking a place of Moses when there should be an Aaron. And you miss purpose and you miss destiny. The reality is God has created us in a way that there's no one that is small, there's no one that is big. No matter where, where God has put you or what God wants you to do. Find out who you are assigned to and build around that. Find out who you are assigned to. Are you assigned to a group of people or are you assigned to a person? Um, Benihin was sharing a testimony 
of how many years he has been with his armor bearer. He's been with him from the beginning till today he's still with him. Through the ups and the downs. And that man has found purpose. He has found fulfillment. Because he knew that while Benihin is assigned to multitudes, I'm assigned to Benihin. The question is, who are you assigned to? There are people that have looked down on their organizations where they are working because they want to start their own company or their own organizations. And because they do not understand that maybe for a season, God has assigned you to a business or to an organization and they get to work and they play or they don't take their work seriously and simply because no one is watching. But the reality is everything we do is not unto men. Whether your boss sees what you're doing or not doing. God, the Bible says promotion does not come from the east, from the works. It comes from God. God is the one that will lift you when he sees you faithful to your current assignment. No matter how small your assignment is. Here's the next thing I want you to do. Believe in your product. Each and every one of us either has a product or is a product. But you need to believe in your product. Doubt is very deadly. <laughs> Doubt has killed more destinies than anything has killed people. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 27 verse 23, it says, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flock and look well to thy heads. The state of thy flock, what he's saying there, he says, learn to take stock of your life take stock of yourself what you have and what you are able to offer what you are able to give very very important many people have but they don't know what they have and when you have and you don't know what you have you lose what you have understand this atmospheres are powerful <laughs> have you ever walked into a room and felt anger in an atmosphere without anybody saying anything or just find and felt tension in an atmosphere it's because atmospheres are real and atmospheres are powerful or have you ever walked into a room and you felt energy you felt excitement what we've been experiencing since we've come back to church you know i was sharing i was testifying to my sister she was asking me how was church i said the human soul is the most powerful thing on the planet earth there was just something about when we gathered and men began to, every one of us was just, just wanted to pour out their hearts and their souls to God in worship. And the energy, the power, the presence, not just the presence of God, but the presence of human beings in the building. Listen, your thoughts carries presence. They are like currents. They move in the atmosphere. Those thoughts are capable of drawing people towards you or drawing people away from you. Very, very important. That is why when somebody says, oh, I, can't I don't attract men, check what's happening in your thought. What's your dominant thought? Or if a man says, ah, the, all the sisters, they stay away from me. Check your dominant thought. Or nobody comes to my business. I've got the best product, but nobody comes. Because thoughts are powerful. They create what you're pulling and what you're repelling. 
So search what you're thinking because your thoughts are creating your atmosphere. People can either come to you or stay away from you depending on what you think. Your attitude will always be sensed whether you like it or not. My, we are raising a teenager currently and um, now and again she will just, you know, even without saying anything, as parents we can pick an attitude and we rebuke it. And you know, being a teenager, she'll be like, but I didn't say anything. And I'm saying, it's not what you said. It's your attitude. And life is like that. Attitudes can always be sensed. You will never succeed in business unless you really believe in your business. If you doubt your business, if you doubt your product, if you doubt the service that you're giving to an institution, Nobody else will believe it. You must believe in the product you're promoting. And I've said you are that product. Believe what you carry. Believe your skills. Believe your giftings. Believe your abilities. Believe your uniqueness and your difference. When you believe enough in it, it's just a matter of time before everybody else believes in it. If you doubt your doubt will eventually surface. Let me just talk about different types of attitudes. There are types of attitude. Number one, positive attitude. Positive attitude, it's necessary for advancement and progress. You know, when you have a positive attitude, you keep a positive attitude on, on everything. You're, you always look for good in others. You always look for good in circumstances and situations. And such people, they say, number one, they have confidence. They always exude happiness. You find in them sincerity and determination. It's a good attitude to have. And it's something that we all must work towards. You know, people with positive attitude, they have a strong sense of responsibility. They remain determined to a task. They often display strong flexibility and the ability to adapt in challenging times. They exercise a great degree of diligence. That is when people have a positive attitude. And here's a negative attitude. When somebody has a negative attitude, they ignore good things in life. They only think of whether they will fail or not. They are, instead of thinking, look, I can make it, they think, what if I don't make it? They often find a way out of tough situations. They will always escape every little challenge that comes their way. They compare themselves with others, you know, and they begin to feel bad about themselves. They are always in this state. People with negative attitude, they are always angry. You know, many times, even without a reason, they walk in doubt. They walk in frustration because they are always focused on the obstacle, not on the outcome. That is why frustration keeps setting in. That is why they are not progressive. They are always questioning the credibility of others. <laughs> so they, you get promoted at work, a negative person will say, who did she sleep with? They, they never tend to see good in anything. They remain jealous of other people's achievements. They feel others are inferior. They 
tend to think they are better than everybody. That is a negative attitude. And then you get people with neutral attitude. A neutral attitude is that attitude that it's not really in doubt, but neither is it in faith. So they are not doubting, but they are not in faith. They ignore the problems of life. <laughs> they believe that things will just sort themselves out. It's those people that live in the deception that mean they, that believe that, ah, just let it be. Whatever will be, will be. They wait for someone to take care of their problems. Or they believe that problems will take care of themselves. They are often unemotional. Nothing moves them. Do you know that anger is not always a bad emotion? There's good anger, there's bad anger. Good anger is the kind of anger that moves you to make, to bring a change. I'm not talking about destructive anger. I'm talking about good anger that has often brought, you know, revolution. When people rise up to say, this is wrong and let's correct it. And they correct things. But neutral people are not worried. They can never change anything because they, 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 nothing moves them. They don't think much about anything. They don't care either. They, they don't see the need for themselves to change. They, they don't see a need to improve themselves. If anything goes wrong, they don't think it's them. It's a dangerous attitude. Then you get a sickening attitude. Sickening, sickening attitude is bad attitude. It, 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 it messes up everything. You can have a brilliant team. But if you have a sickening attitude, you can destroy your organization on your own. You can destroy your family. You can destroy every good thing in your life. It destroys everything that is positive. A sickening attitude is deep-rooted. Most of the times, this kind of attitude requires you to work with God and say, Father, help me, deliver me from this. The sad thing about it is that it normally defines you. You don't want to get to that place where your attitude defines you because a sickening attitude can close every door. You don't want... You see, the, they say that the, the best form of advertisement is word of mouth. When everybody is speaking good about you, things begin to happen for you. But when everybody is speaking evil about you, doors closes. Listen to what um, was said about Ruth. Long before Ruth could meet Boaz, he had had some good things about Ruth. People that she didn't know, but people who were looking at her, hear this. In life, there is always someone that is looking at you. There is always someone that is watching you who has the power to speak to an ear that can either promote you or pull you down. That is life, whether you like it or not. Somebody somewhere is giving a testimony about you. And that, that testimony can determine your rising or your falling anywhere you are. And the worst of the worst is self-pity. It is the worst type of attitude. Stay away from it. It's not of God. You need to have wisdom, to have strong convictions, 
Be convicted about certain things about yourself. Jesus had strong convictions. <laughs> Jesus believed that he could change people. He believed it and he did it and he's still doing it. What do you believe about yourself? He believed that his product could satisfy. He boasted. He said, you know what? You can drink any water in the world. But the water that I give, you will never thirst forever. He was very bold. He knew what he had. John 4, 14. Read it. From verse 13, he says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Whosoever drinks this water shall thirst again. He was talking about other waters. But verse 14, he says, But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. That was his confidence. He was that bold about his product. He was that confident about what he was offering. What convictions do you have of your product? What convictions do you have of yourself? What is it that you can boldly say that about you? And say, if I can do this for you, I'm telling you, you will not ask anyone to do it again. As a hairdresser, can you say, if I do your hair, you will not look for another hairdresser. Can you say, as somebody that, as a nail technician, if I just touch your hands once, you will never look for another te te nail technician again. Whatever it is that your product is, how confident and how bold are you about it? In that workplace where you're working, in that organization, do they know that if they give this task to this person, it is guaranteed that they will not have to come back and query whether it was done right or wrong because you've done it well. Product, life, product knowledge is very important. Jesus' product was life. He said in the book of John chapter 10 verse 10, he said the thief comes but for to steal, to kill, to destroy. He said, but I have come to give you what the thief cannot be able to give you. To give you what the thief has taken from you. I have come so that you can have life and more life more abundantly. That was his product. That is still his product even today. Jesus offers you something. He's offering all of us something that no mankind can offer. Life. He saw damaged products. And he knew that he was their connection for repair. A lot of things have been damaged in this season. A lot of institutions have been tempered with. A lot of institutions need to change the way they do things. Systems have been affected. Can you be that person that says, I can help you to rebuild systems. I can help you to rebuild this organization. Which area can you step in and help? Jesus knew that he was irreplaceable. He said, he boldly said in John chapter 10 verse 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. He knew he was irreplaceable. Are you irreplaceable? Are you irreplaceable? If I was speaking to women now with the women wisdom, my question would be, as a wife, are you irreplaceable? Or even in a relationship that you're in, whether you're a man or a woman, are you irreplaceable? 
Are you building yourself up to be irreplaceable in that relationship? Because sometimes it is only when the other person leaves that we start asking ourselves, what didn't I have? But if we had taken inventory and if we had been honest with ourselves and say, look, I need to step up in this area. I need to polish this area. I need to know what I'm offering here. Then we can change some things and become better. You must take time to know your product. It might be boring. It might be unnecessary. <laughs> or unnecessary as you think. But you need to do it. Keep learning. Never stop learning. A lawyer must study new laws. Imagine going to a lawyer who has not studied the latest laws. A doctor must keep reading the latest journals. A policeman must keep studying his community and the mindset of criminals. Do you know that criminals keep upgrading every year? Very important. Here's a sober moment. How much time have you spent cultivating an awareness of your business or your product or what you have? Do you use what you have? How many hours a day do you use to inform yourself of what you have and how to polish it? Sometimes we want to polish so many things and we neglect the gold or the diamond, the rough diamond that is in our hands, which is what we need to just keep polishing and make something greater of our lives. Many of you are too busy. Jesus was very busy. He was. Jesus was a teacher. He was a preacher. He was an itinerary minister, meaning he was always traveling around preaching the gospel. He was performing miracles. He was also a mentor. But he always take, took time to go to his father to renew his understanding, the understanding of his purpose, the understanding of his plan, and the understanding of his product. He needed to know what it was about. And never ever misrepresent your product. Never. L listen to this. Liars will always be exposed. Always. Every day you are building or destroying your reputation. Every day. With every little thing you're doing, you are either building or destroying your reputation. Starting with your children. If you lie to your children, if you tell your children, I'm going out, I'll bring you sweets. When you come back and you don't bring sweets, you've already reduced your reputation. The next time you promise them something, they doubt. With your wife as well, or your husband as well. You say one thing and you don't do it, you've just reduced your reputation. Reputation affects us in every area of our lives. In that workspace, they give you work to do. They say, let this thing be done before the end of the day. Two days goes by. You still have not br brought it. Even if you don't get rebuked for it or corrected for it, the reality is in the mind of the boss, when you are given things, it means you don't finish on time. That is your reputation. And sometimes we forget that our boss is the same person who will have to refer us the next time we apply for a job somewhere else. You get a tender, you're given a job, you don't finish at the time that you're supposed to finish. Reputation. And you come to church and you pray, you bind and you loose. 
because you want another job and nothing is opening up it's not the devil it's what you have done with your reputation listen it is the only thing reputation is the only thing you have on earth it is your only true worth a man might not have millions in the bank but if they have great reputation it's just a matter of time before doors flung open flings open for them people need to see your work consistently and see you remaining consistent and it's just a matter of time because they before they can trust you with business before they can trust you with resources before they can trust you with this and that therefore it's very important truth must be your most esteemed quality it must be your most esteemed quality it may take weeks or months but the truth will always surface the bible says in the book of proverbs 28 verse 13 it says he that covers his sin shall not prosper another translation says he that covers the truth shall not prosper anyone that does business with you they're looking for one thing they're looking for trust people miss fear misrepresentation some of you are looking for people that can invest into your business investors when people invest into your business they are thinking of their reputation they don't want to be misrepresented they want to invest in credible people they want to invest in credible businesses are you have you built up your, your credibility to a place where people can trust you with their resources? Jesus had the greatest product on the earth. He offered human beings an opportunity to have a relationship with God. He said, no one can come to the Father except through me. But he never distorted the picture. He never lied. He warned everybody that came to Christ that said look in the book of Matthew chapter 10 from verse 16 he says follow me he says but when you follow me know that there will be tribulations he didn't miss he didn't cover that part he didn't say follow me then everything will be okay he said just because you follow me know that there are people who will hate you simply because you follow me there are things that will happen in your journey with walking with me he never represent misrepresented heaven he has not misrepresented the kingdom. Therefore, you too must not represent your business. Don't misrepresent yourself. Don't misrepresent your product. I'll stop here this evening. There's so much I want to share. But I want us to just digest this. Thank you so much for listening. We believe you were blessed by the word. For more, please visit our website, www.alivewithjoseph.com as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, Alive with Joseph Ngogocha. Till next time, God bless.